Last week, I talked to you about uh, things that we can learn through this time, this very difficult time in our life and in our country. And uh, there were about 11 or 12 things that I mentioned last week, and I thought, well, what am I going to speak about this week? And then two different people in the last couple of days have said to me, boy, how are we going to get through this storm? They use that word storm two different times in the last two days. So I thought, well, you know, it is really like a storm, isn't it? And so I immediately thought of the passages in the Gospel of Mark, and uh, they're, they're in the other Gospels as well, but I want us to look at Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41 first. And there are actually two different stories about storms, and uh, there are some things in common about both of them, although they're two se totally separate events. Uh, one thing that's in common is that... Uh, uh, they they all involved. They both involved the disciples. These were people who believed in Jesus. They were following Jesus, and yet in both cases, uh, the second thing is that they they were in a storm. They were in a boat. They were in a storm, and there was serious danger. And uh, and then the other thing that is common about both of them is that Jesus healed or or actually calmed the storm and healed their hearts of the fear that they had. So I want us to think about this first one, Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. It says, and on that day, by the way, the day that he's talking about here, the uh, Jesus has just been uh, ministering to people from early morning all through the day and just uh, exhausting himself. And so he was absolutely worn out when the day ended. So it says, on that day when evening had come, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. I don't know exactly what that means, just as he was. I guess I, I take that to mean that he was exhausted. When it says they took him with them in the boat, it seems to me like they almost had to, had to help him in the boat. He was just absolutely exhausted from a day of ministry, a day of emotion, a day of compassion, a day of healing other people, and he himself was absolutely exhausted. Isn't it good to know that, uh, that when, no matter what we feel, Jesus can say, I, I know what that feels like because I also was fully human just like you are, and uh, I think about the people today who are just exhausted because many of them have been working 12-hour shifts, some of them 18-hour shifts, some 24-hour shifts, and very, very little rest. And so I thought of that. With uh, Jesus, he was just thoroughly uh, worn out at the end of the day. So it says, And other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. So... Uh, I'm not, I'm not much of a water person. I don't, I've never been, uh, I, although when we w went to Israel, uh, we went out on the Sea of Galilee, but it was a very calm day. The, the water was smooth, but our guide told us, said, uh, I, he, he actually referred to this very story, and he said, I just want you to know there are times that without any warning, uh, a storm can arise right here, and he showed how the wind could come from this particular place and through this valley, and, and he said suddenly uh, what seems like a very, very safe and 
calm day can become very, very tempestuous all, all at once. And so apparently that's what happened. And of course it was evening, so they didn't have a, a, a light to enjoy. And so <clears throat> the boat was beginning to fill with water. As water was slashing, sloshing up over the side, filling the boat. And then the Bible says, but Jesus was in the stern, that is in the very back of the boat, and he was asleep on the cushion. So apparently they had some kind of a, a large cushion. I kind of picture it almost like a, a big dog bed. Maybe that's, uh, maybe I, I don't have the right idea there. But, uh, but uh, Jesus had just kind of curled himself up on this uh, cushion and had gone sound asleep and uh, was getting some much, much needed rest. And, uh, and the disciples were panicking. They were, uh, I mean, the water was fi uh, filling the boat and the wind was blowing and, and uh, they were rowing and they were trying to, uh, trying to decide what to do and, and Jesus sound asleep, just resting, just, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, I know one time we, when uh, we were coming back <laughs> from Israel, uh, one time uh, I had taken something to help me sleep and uh, I had gone sound asleep, and suddenly the plane went through some tremendous turbulence, and it was just uh, shaking about, and it was dropping several hundred feet at one time, and then it would twist and turn, and uh, that's what they tell me anyway. And uh, my uh, grandkids, uh, three of our grandkids were with us, and, and they were beginning to panic a little bit, and uh, what's going on, and, and they looked over at me, and I was sound asleep. And one of them said, well, <clears throat> must not be too bad. Papa's sleeping right through it. And so uh, uh, I don't remember any of that. They told me all about it later. But uh, I'm glad that my uh, sound sleeping could bring some comfort to them. But Jesus' sound sleeping did not bring any comfort to these disciples. No, they, uh, in fact, they were so afraid that they went to Jesus, and the next verse says, and they woke him up, and, and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Now, that was kind of a rebuke, actually. It wasn't just a question. It was uh, Jesus, it wasn't just do you not know what's happening. It was do you not care? And sometimes in our life, in the midst of some of our storms, we may ask that question ourselves. Lord, do, do you not care? We know that he knows. That's usually not the question that people ask. They don't say, Lord, do you know what I'm going through? But rather they ask, do you care what I'm going through? And the truth is, he does care. He cares very, very deeply. And Jesus was right there in the boat with them. And uh, apparently he was not aware in his conscious mind because he was asleep what was going on. But he knew that he was not going to perish and that the boat that he was in was not going to sink. And there's a song that we sing sometimes that uh, talks about that that says, Carest thou not that we perish? How canst thou lie asleep when uh, all around us there's threatening a grave in the watery deep but Jesus then wakes up 
and he stands up and he said, he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, and I love this passage, peace, be still. Peace, be still. And look at the next verse. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. There was a mega calm. There was everything stopped. In my mind, as I picture it, the wind had been blowing and the waves had been splashing and the disciples had been thrashing and they maybe had been even groaning and possibly even screaming. I might have been uh, if I'd have been one of them. And, uh, and then when Jesus says, peace, be still, suddenly everything stops. There is no wind. There is no water. There are no waves. And I don't even think the birds were singing. And I think the disciples had a moment of total silence. Peace, be still. And then he said to them, why are you so afraid? Now, that may have seemed like a foolish question to them. They may have thought, well, uh, you know, we thought we were going to drown. And uh, it looked like our boat was going to sink. And there's a bunch of us in this little boat, and you were laying back there asleep. Uh, what do you mean, why are you afraid? But it was a good question, because he said, have you still no faith? After what you've seen today, I mean, Jesus had been healing people all day long. The disciples had watched him just moment after moment, hour after hour, day, all day long, they had watched him just take, uh, cast out demons, heal blind people, heal paralytics, and every time they must have just been absolutely amazed. And then they get into a storm knowing that Jesus was with them and knowing what he could do. And then when the waves come and the wind blows, they are afraid. And so the question that he asks them, do you still not have faith? After all that you've seen, after all the ways I've worked in your life. And that's a good question for me. Sometimes if I begin to look about and get anxious with uh, situations in life because of my finances or my health or the uh, situations that I may be facing, I might be tempted to say, Lord, do you care? Do you see what I'm going through? Do, do you feel what I'm experiencing? And he would say, where's your faith? Have you seen me work before? Have you seen me answer prayers in your past? And I would have to say, well, certainly. Have you seen me answer the prayers of other people? Have you seen me work in other people's lives? And I would have to say, well, certainly. And then he might say, then, why are you so afraid? Do you still not have faith? And they were filled with great fear. And they said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? They said, We were filled with terror because of the danger we were facing, but now we're filled with a different kind of fear. We're filled with an awe 
a respect, a trembling that says, who is this man? What can he do? And obviously, he can do whatever needs to be done in the times of our storm. And so I would just say that this, this story, this real true story, this actually happened, by the way, and it's recorded in three of the Gospels, and it tells us that uh, the disciples, even though they were, they were followers of Jesus, faced storms. And even though they saw him work miracles and do amazing things, they still feared when they faced a challenge themselves. And they also learned that he does care and that he is able. And the song that I referenced a little while ago, it says, No water can swallow the ship where lies the master of ocean and earth and skies. And I tell you, if Jesus is in my boat, my boat's not going to sink. Now you say, well, but what about when a Christian dies? Well, I would say our boat doesn't sink. Our boat reaches shore at that time. We do not perish. Jesus said that whoever believes in me will not perish, but will have eternal life. And I'm telling you, you will face storms. If you're a follower of Jesus, you will face storms. As a matter of fact, we may face storms much, much worse than the storm we're facing right now. It's very possible that we could face storms that we can't even imagine at this time. But there is no storm that you and I will ever face that God has not imagined. And there is no storm that you and I will ever face that he has not orchestrated and planned. And there is no storm that we will ever face that he is not able to speak peace to us in the midst of that storm. But that wasn't the only storm. There's another storm talked about in Mark chapter 6. This one is a little bit different. Mark chapter 6, verses 45 through 52. Uh, Jesus, on this particular occasion, has been teaching and preaching for several days. And uh, a great crowd had followed him. And, and Jesus said to his disciples, let's, let's feed all these people. And there's the wonderful miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 in and uh, Jesus, again, performed an amazing miracle. The disciples saw it. As a matter of fact, they not only saw it, they participated in it. He gave them the bread and the fish and said, pass it out to all of the people. And they did. They must have been overwhelmed as they would take baskets and baskets and baskets of food and, and wondering, who is this? How is he doing this? This is a miracle beyond even description. How do we even talk about it? To think that he took a, a little boy's lunch and just continued to break it. Just a, an act of creation, actually. The demonstration of, of his deity that as God, he's just looking at this food and, and saying, expand, grow, develop, be, and, and breaking it and giving it and passing it out. And, uh, and what a day. I mean, just can you imagine? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying so much watching this uh, uh, series called The Chosen, and uh, as I watch it, it's, uh, it really fills out, it kind of expands the stories, 
of what Jesus did in his ministry. And as I watch it, I kind of am able to put myself in the story a little bit better, uh, even than just reading it in the Bible, by seeing it and by, by getting to know the characters and the, the way that uh, Dallas Jenkins describes them and understands them. It makes me realize, hey, they, these were real people. These were they, these are not just characters in a story. These were real people, and and I think about these disciples as they must have been looking at one another as they were 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 taking these baskets of food out to the people and saying, "Can you believe this?" Uh, and and they they were overwhelmed. They were amazed. And so when the day ended. The, the Bible says in Mark chapter 6, verse 45, after he had dismissed the crowd, it says immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. So he said to the disciples, okay, guys, get in the boat. And uh, this is just a couple of chapters uh, later. They might have been thinking, uh, seemed like the last time we were in the boat. Uh, you were sleeping, you got up and calmed the storm, but you're not going with us. So we're going to take the boat. And it says he, he made them get in the boat. Now, I, that may, I may read a little too much in this, but it's almost like they were saying, um, well, why don't we wait till you get, can go with us? He says, no, I'm going to, I'll take care of business here. I've got to dismiss the crowd. You get in the boat. Well, we'll just wait. You get in the boat. He made them get in the boat and go before him to the other side. So after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. So this time it's a little different. Jesus is not in the boat with them, so it's kind of a, a question of can their faith grow a little bit? Now we know that when he's in the boat, even if he's asleep, they know he's in the boat. But now they're in the boat, and he is not with them. And... Uh, the boat was uh, out on the sea. He was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully for the wind was against them. They were trying to row and, and get across the lake where he told them to go. But the wind was blowing against them. And they would row a little ways and and. If they stopped for just a few seconds, the wind just blew them right back. When I was in college, uh, my roommate and I were on spring break, and we decided we were at a, a place on the Tennessee River, and we decided after everybody had gone to bed that night that we would uh, get in a little rowboat, and we would row out on the Tennessee River. We thought that would be kind of fun. And so Roy and I got in the boat, and we pushed out for the little cove that we were in, and we got out in the stream. We got out in the current of the Tennessee River. And we were just, we said, yeah, this is easy. We're just floating down the river. We don't even have to row. And uh, 
So after about 20 minutes of floating down the river, we decided we needed to go back. But all of a sudden, we realized that we were going against the current now. So we began to row, and we rowed and rowed and rowed our boat, not so gently, up the stream. And when we would get tired and stop for a few seconds, the current would just take us right back. And we rowed until we were exhausted. And then we finally were able to get close enough to the bank that we were able to get in out of the current and, and get back. So we, we learned an important lesson. And I think the disciples were learning the same lesson that night, is that we need to be going with the wind, not against the wind. And Jesus saw them rowing and, and toiling. The Bible says in another uh, uh, one of the Gospels, they were toiling and the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. And he meant to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost. And they cried out, for they all saw him, and they were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them. Now, by the way, Matthew tells us that uh, Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, ask me to come. And Jesus said, come on. Peter got out of the boat. He walked a little ways toward Jesus, and then he began to sink when he saw the uh, waves and felt the, the wind, and, and, and then he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me, and Jesus saved him. And then they walked back to the boat. Now, Mark doesn't tell us about that. By the way, Mark is, uh, in a way, the gospel of Peter because uh, Mark's account is the story that Peter told, and so Peter just left that part out. And I'm not sure exactly why. I don't know whether he wanted to leave it out because uh, it would uh, make him look prideful or if it would make him look faithless. I'm not sure. But he, he, Mark doesn't include that. But Matthew tells us about it. So Jesus got into the boat with them and the wind ceased. And again, they were utterly astounded for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Now here is an interesting thing about this. Jesus, they're, they're following Jesus' command. And they are going out just like he told them to do, even though he had to kind of force them to do it. And Jesus is up on the mountain praying, but what do you think he's praying for? Well, it doesn't tell us what he's praying for, but I like to believe that he's praying for those disciples. And he knows what's happening because he sees them. He sees them rowing and toiling. And uh, by the way, it was nighttime. This thing encourages me to know that Jesus can see in the dark just as easily as we can see in the light. And he saw them toiling and rowing. And, uh, you know, Jesus sees us today when we're struggling, when we're toiling, when we're rowing, and we're, when the wave, the wind is against us. He sees us. And then the amazing thing is that Jesus came to them. And he came to them walking on the sea.
And I, I've had people over the years say, well, well, how did he do that? Well, he's God, by the way. It's not any problem for him to walk on the water. He created the water. The important thing is not how he did it, it's why he did it. Why did he come walking to them on the sea? Well, what was it that was threatening them? What were they afraid of? What, what did they think could, could possibly uh, uh, harm them? It was the sea. It was the water that threatened them. And so it's like Jesus is saying, hey, guys, I want you to know whatever is over your head is under my feet. And I can walk on it, and uh, you don't have to be afraid. And they were amazed, and he came to them and got in the boat. And again, there was a calm. The wind ceased. And so what do we take away from this? What I take away from it is that storms will come even to disciples. And sometimes we are aware of his presence, just like they were when he was asleep in the boat. We're aware of his presence, but we question his power or even his compassion. Does he care? And he, is he able to do anything? And then the real problem is not his lack of power, but it's our lack of faith. In both of these cases, he said, uh, do you not believe? Where's your faith? And then uh, the fifth thing that I learned is that sometimes we do feel alone. We feel like we're in the dark. We feel like the wind is against us. We feel like that, uh, that we are facing a challenge bigger than we can deal with. But then the next thing is that he sees our struggles. He sees us, and I believe he's praying for us. We know that he is, actually, because the Bible says that he ever lives to make intercession for us. Does it comfort you to know that Jesus is praying for you? It comforts me. There was a time that I was in the hospital. I had back surgery, and uh, people would come to me, and uh, they would visit with me. Sometimes they would try to cheer me up. Sometimes they would try to tell me a funny story. Uh, sometimes they would come just to sympathize with me, and a lot of people who had had back surgery would come and talk to me. And I listened to all that they had to say, but there was one phrase that I waited for. And it was the one phrase that I really wanted to hear from each person that came. And it was this phrase, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And when they would say that, that would give me greater comfort than anything else that they had said. I'm praying for you. Now, unfortunately, sometimes we say that to people and then we forget to pray. That's happened with me, unfortunately. I've said to somebody, well, I'll pray for you. And then I see them a week later and I think, oh, I never prayed for them. So I've got to where now a lot of times when somebody says, well, you pray for me, I say, let me pray for you right now so I won't forget it. But I want to tell you, Jesus never forgets it. And he is praying for you. And he's praying for me. And he sees in the dark. And then he comes to us, and even if we don't recognize his presence at first, he comes to us, and then when we invite him back into the boat, 
He calms the storm, and he calms us. So these disciples were dealing with fear. And I, I had a, a thought while I was walking this morning. I thought this, you know, should we ever be afraid? Is there a time to be afraid? Well, there's a certain sense in which for a Christian, we ought not to have trembling fear, craven fear, phobic kind of fear, because we ought to rest and trust. Sometimes we do fear, but, but there is a time to fear. If you do not know Jesus, there is something much more dangerous for you than the coronavirus. And it is the possibility that you could die without knowing God's forgiveness and without having Jesus in your life. And you should be afraid. If you're not a Christian, there is a, a right kind of fear. There should be a sense in which you're terrified to know that your life is one heartbeat away from being over. It's the truth. I have been in situations where I, when I was serving as an EMT, I would be called out. And there was a, one home I went to, the man had, was shaving, and he had a heart attack and just dropped dead. And when I got there, I was the first person to arrive. When I got there, he was, his head was, was in the lavatory. And I got him out, got him on the floor, started CPR, but he was already dead. And his wife said, how could this happen? And she talked about the plans they had for next week and talked about the things they had done just that morning and said, how could it happen so quickly? Well, I'm telling you, if you are not a Christian, if you do not have Jesus in your life, you should tremble. But you don't have to tremble. You just believe. And you call upon him. And the Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And obviously that means from a repentant heart and from a dependent heart, from a believing heart, but call on the Lord. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And then, yeah, there will be storms. Even for believers, even for disciples, there will be storms. But in those storms, Jesus is with us. And he comes to us in our moment of need. And he meets that need. And he calms the storm. And he calms us in the storm. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you today that Jesus is the peacemaker that he is the storm calmer, that he is the heart healer. And Father, I pray for those today who've listened to this message, who are anxious, and like the disciples in the boat, they're wondering, Lord, do, do you not care? Do you see what's happening? I pray that you'll help each of us to realize that not only do you see what's happening, You'd care about what's happening and that you are able to speak peace in the midst of our storm. And then for those who do not know you, 
Lord, I pray that they will be gripped with terror and that they will realize that the greatest danger that they face is the danger of dying without you. And I ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.